Lizzie, how's it going? Oh, it's going good, man. How you been? I'm doing great. Where whereabouts are you? I know you guys played yesterday, didn't you? Yeah, we played in Colorado, and then we actually we broke down and are like eight hours behind. Um, so luckily, we had two days off before we we play tomorrow in Milwaukee. Yeah, um, but we're like, yeah, it's it's like total submarine ride. I, I I have a feeling that this is like what rock and roll hell is supposed to be because it's like <laughs> yesterday we had a moment because we're driving like 14 hours and all of us are like packed into one bus, you know, mm. and there was like we were like out of peanut butter and and um and paper towels and there was like nowhere to stop. And the generator kept breaking down, and it's like we're just going. I'm like, this is the see when musicians die, this is the hell they go to. <laughs> That's the life of a rock star on the road, right? You know, it's hilarious. But um, we didn't kill each other, so we're we're good. But <laughs> awesome. So, Lizzie, uh, you guys are playing here Friday in Toronto at uh, TD Echo Beach with Big Rack and Three Days Grace. We're really uh, excited for you guys to come out here. Now, I know you guys are, are have been a band for quite some time, but just recently are kind of breaking into the mainstream. So that's uh, amazing for you guys. For our listeners that don't know, I was uh, reading that you guys actually, way back when you were in middle school, entered a talent show and that's kind of how your band got started. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? We, we were living in a, in a kind of south-central Pennsylvania, so there's more cows than people, kind of like redneck and Amish people, yeah. you know, so like that kind of demographic. And um, there was a fair called the Schuylkill County Fair, and uh, my brother and I had been, you know, pretty much just kind of playing in my parents' living room. Like, we've, we've always been interested in music, but weren't, like, really, I don't know, planning on anything because we're kids, and... I was 13 and he was 10 and ended up writing this like five minute song uh, called love is power with like a drum solo in the middle of it and decided to end ourselves in a talent show. And so we're like, we're, we're, we're literally driving there in our family van and my, my little brother um, uh, in his 10 year old wisdom turns to me and he's like, well, we, uh, we can't go up there as Lizzie and RJ Hale. And I'm like, well, why? He's like, because we need a band name. I'm like, well, dude, we're not really a band. It's just you and me. Yeah, this is way before the White Stripes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> probably would have been like, oh, sure. You know? And uh, this is in 97. And and, uh, and he and uh, he's like, no, we, we just for today, we need we need to, like, have a band name. We need to be cool or something like that. So I'm like, okay, what do you want to name it? So we went back and forth. And finally, I think it was him that was like, well, what about Hailstorm, like, hail falling down in front of the sky? But it's our last name. I'm like, yeah, that'll work for today. So we ended up... <laughs> We ended up going up there and uh, and introducing ourselves as Hailstorm, played the song, um, ended up getting like third place, but losing to the tap dancing cowgirl, and then th- who got second place, and then first place was some little girl, uh, her uh, singing Little Orphan Annie. She was much cuter than we were, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, but it was funny because I remember because it was this outdoor stage, kind of like an amphitheater thing. Mm-hmm. And, First time we're playing outside of our parents' living room, so we were like shaking with like adrenaline afterward. And and I remember turning to little bro saying, "Do you, do you want to do this again? This is so much fun." And um, ended up like playing a couple coffee houses and stuff after that, and really had never looked back. It got to the point where we were so obsessed with being in a band that like we would introduce ourselves to people that way, like, "Oh yeah, I'm Lizzie Hill, and I'm in a band called Hailstorm," even though you know, <laughs> yeah, was at the time. So yeah, it, at my even my dad. Now my parents were super supportive um, about it, and when they found out that it wasn't just going to be like a, 
like a thing, you know, like a summer thing. But yeah. but originally they're like, oh yeah, this will be good for the summer. So it ended up being a really long summer. <laughs> you know, Eighteen years later, and you're still rocking it. Still doing it. Now you're kind of in in a unique situation. You know, your your brother's in the band. Your family uh, has been helping you guys out a lot. Is that kind of a a weird dynamic, or do you guys love love doing that traveling with family and stuff? Um, you know, it, uh, the, it, we we hit a certain age where the uh, the parents on the road. It's like no, 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 can't. No, you guys just got to be be mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> so it it got, to, it got to that point. But as far as my brother and I, he and I are the only siblings in our family, so we've always been super close. But we've always kind of been polar opposites as far as personalities go. So it was always the music that was like our common ground because mm-hmm. you know he doesn't understand my logic, I don't get his, but we. But we love each other, you know? It's yeah. like we're, we're buds. Um, so I really do think that it's that that family vibe that has kept not just the two of us together, but has kind of bled through to my guitar player and my bass player and our crew. We kind of treat everybody like, like our tour manager, Mike, is like Uncle Mike right now. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. he's not really our uncle, but it's like you treat everybody like it's family, therefore you don't break up family, so you don't break up the bands, you know, kind of thing. So um, I really do, uh, I guess, credit that with the fact that we're, st- that we've been a four piece for over 12 years now, you know, and we haven't killed each other yet. I think that that's a huge reason. That's awesome. Now you, your new record into the wildlife, uh, you know, had a lot of success so far. I know our listeners are loving uh, the new single there and, you know, from the time you guys record the album to releasing it, are you one of those people that, you know, freaks out on what people are going to think of the album and, and what they're going to think of your work? Or do you kind of just write your stuff exactly how you guys want it and then just let it go to the world? Is that is that how you guys do it? or? You know, we, we've always made music a little selfishly. Um, uh, really, this is probably the first record where we've, we actually let all of that go. Like, we weren't even thinking about what our label's going to think or anything. Whereas, whereas I think the la- the strange case of, and then, our first album, um, I think that was always kind of hanging in the back of our minds, and we would have a ton of meetings, and and you know, like every week, like our A and R guy would come into the studio and whatever. But for this record, Into the Wildlife, we really were just left alone, and just yeah, I think I think our A and R guy and manager came like once, just like oh, cool, that's great, just we'll see you later, you know, and and. Um, yeah, so I don't know that we, we we had a lot of freedom and and I think that for this record in particular, I think we needed to to do that and just kind of like lock ourselves away and just do our thing and really make music. This record is probably the most hailstorm record that we've ever done because we just followed whatever got us excited. We weren't thinking about um, whether people were going to like it or not, and we just really wanted to really wanted to enjoy it ourselves and make a record, make something that we would want to listen to. So. Um, then it's scary after you get out of the studio and then it's released and then you're like, did we do the right thing? You know, mm-hmm. so uh, we're really thrilled that people are actually gravitating toward it. So. Well, I guess, you know, you know, the music industry way better than I do, but your first couple of records, I guess you got these people looking like, Oh, can they make it? Let's make sure that they make it, do it like this, do it like that. And now you guys kind of have established yourself. So I guess they're giving you some free reign. Oh, definitely. It's, you know, it's it, like with anything we've, we've always taken the, the slow and steady route. And I'm, I'm glad that we have, because with each step you have, I don't know, I guess a better idea, or maybe as you get older, for lack of a better term, you have less and less, uh, um, uh, F's to give. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, I didn't want to swear just in case you're 
live. But but it's like you know I think I think that that's a factor too. So um, you know so really I mean I just I think that we're just going to continue and uh, doing stuff the way we like it and. Hopefully everybody else follows along, and if not, whatever. <laughs> now, now, Liz, I think it's kind of cool. So, you know, usually, you know, you get these big bands, and they're recording in all these big studios. And I know, obviously, you know, Dave Grohl has kind of made it cool to record in these underground places with the, the documentary Sound City. You guys uh, recorded in East Nashville, I'm reading, with a lot of culture and stuff like that. Do you, do you find that that's the best way now to, to get the music out that you want with all the influences around you in these, you know, crappy little studios that have so much history? Um, you know, I... I... I agree. I, I've only, because um, the, for the first two records, we did it with the same producer, same studio, um, you know, kind of, you know, ho- you know, near Hollywood, and, yeah. you know, kind of a bigger deal. And, and, um, and so this record is really the first time that we actually just said, you know, let's throw all that away and, uh, and, and just chase after what, what we want to do. And, and, uh, and literally did, you know, all the basic tracks live. Like we really, we, we took it all the way. We're like, okay, we can't just, you know, half-ass this. We have to like, if we're going to do this, we got to do this. So um, it was really freeing, just my experience. And I don't think I'll, I, you know, maybe for projects here and there, but I really do want to continue this feeling, you know, that I have and that mm. I, we've kind of gained uh, by doing this last record. We all like, by doing this the way that we did it, we all rediscovered this musical language that the four of us have together that I don't think, you know, I think we kind of, like, forgot about over the past, you know, a few records, you know, whereas, I don't know, there's this thing, there's this, uh, whatever it is, cause, you know, we're not virtuosos, none of us went to Berkeley, there's only really one of us in the band that can still read music, you know, we're not yeah. trying to reinvent the wheel, but there's this thing that happens with the four of us that is, for lack of a better term, really magical. And, and so I, I think that I want, I think that by doing our record in that space away from everybody and, and kind of, but also like in a spot that we felt comfortable and there was, you know, definitely, you know, just a, a lot of, um, you know, kind of dirt to it, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it wasn't so pretty. And uh, I think there was something to that. So I'll definitely end up continuing that. And I, definitely subscribe to Mr. Mr. Girl's theory. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Lizzie, you know, there's there's very few right now current female-fronted rock bands. I know your last record, people were making a big deal because it was number one on the active rock charts. It was the first time that a female-fronted band uh, was in that ranking there. Do, do you reach to other female, you know, rock stars, maybe Fleetwood Mac, Hard, and, and, and do other female-fronted bands reach out to you for kind of advice or support? Is there like a little community amongst the uh, female-fronted rock bands or no? Oh, definitely. Uh, we we all definitely stick together. And um, for instance, we were just out uh, with the Pretty Reckless with uh, and, and Taylor Mawson is such a rock star. But it's it's funny. We all we all definitely uh, you know lean on each other for support. And and you know, in all honesty, the, on the front lines right now, even just in the past couple of years since since we put out a record, and it's um, like we do see a lot more female. Uh, musicians out on the road, you know, even if they're not fronting, you know, it's a lot of, you know, female bass players, guitar players. And, uh, and it's, it's really neat to see because I think that times are kind of changing and everything is shifting to the point where, um, you know, because of our, uh, maybe I'll call them our foremothers, you know, Hart and Pat Benatar and Joan Jett and all the things that they had to go through. Um, it is a lot easier 
you know, for us. Maybe, and hopefully by us sticking it out, it'll be even easier for, you know, kids of the next generation. Something, something that I get really excited about, uh, especially at our shows, we have, um, we have a lot of kids that come to our shows. It's, yeah. We have a very interesting demographic. It's like, you know, seven-year-olds with their parents who, like, the 80s rocker guys. They're like, you're yeah. bringing the 80s back. You know? <laughs> so it's just amazing this uh, when you walk out on stage at one of our shows. Uh, but I see a lot of little girls, and now that there's so many rock schools and uh, there's, you know, th- there's, like, rock girl nights. There's, like, little outlets around, um, you know, around the world and around our, our country right now that are definitely encouraging kids and, and, and specifically little girls to pick up instruments and and so I'm very excited about the next generation because I think that it's going to be even more common. <laughs> yeah, which is great. I know, I know you got a lot of attention uh, when you went on stage with Eric Church at the CMT Awards. And I, I feel like that's kind of like a new thing. Like a couple of years ago, a rock star couldn't go do country or country couldn't do a rock star. Like right now, uh, we're playing the hell out of this new song from uh, the Zach Brown Band. Do you find that, you know... The, the uh, crossing genres is happening a lot now, and it's now acceptable for you to go on stage and play country and a country artist to come play rock. Do you find like that's like the new age of music coming? I think so. Uh, you know, and and um, and not many people will will admit it, but because there's so much out there, and obviously it's the the digital age and the age mm-hmm. of Spotify and 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 beat music and all of these things, where you're able to listen to all these things and be exposed to all these things whereas back in the day even when i was a kid in the 90s like you listened to your cds and your music and that was like your thing and and you know you don't really stray and now it's like you almost can't help but stray because there's so much that's being put in your face and that's that's available which i think is awesome like pretty much you can probably pick out the poster child for masculinity like the guy with the metallica Mm t-shirt and the leather jacket and he probably has a Lady Gaga song somewhere in... <laughs> but he doesn't want to tell you. But he doesn't want to tell you. But yeah, so so I think it's awesome. And, and as Mr. Eric Church so eloquently put it, um, and I, I'll, I'll edit it a little bit, but, but he's like, look, there is no such thing anymore as genres, or that's where it's going to go. It's going to be good music and crappy music. And mm-hmm. that's going to be the thing, you know? So um, if it's good, it's good. And... and I loved going out on tour with Eric Church because you really got to see, um, you know, how much people really do just respond to a feeling and good music. And, and, and in all honesty, <laughs> whether you're country or you're, uh, or you're rap or you're pop, everybody wants to rock. So let's yeah. just put that out there, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is why Dave Grohl is the ambassador of rock and roll. <laughs> and, and, and Liz, you know, one of the first songs that uh, I can remember playing of your guys on our station consistently was a, a, a cover you did of, I believe it was Temple of the Dog, Hunger Strike. Now, Oh, nice. Yeah, and, and when I go on YouTube and you type in Hailstorm, you guys do so many cover songs. What is it about, you know, covering other bands in your own unique way that you guys love to do? And, and, and I haven't seen you guys live. Are you guys, do you guys play a lot of cover songs uh, uh, live at your shows? Um, we try to switch it up every night. We have, um, you know, we have a couple, obviously a couple of EPs and, and also our, a couple of our original albums, you know, now under our belt. So we actually, we've been doing kind of the, the Pearl Jamie-esque way of doing things just like every night let's switch up the set let's switch up the yeah set. you know so um so yeah we do uh you know we 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 like doing cover songs i think we do those cover eps kind of selfishly because there's always a song 
that we'll hear like, oh man, I would love to try to do that, you know, or, or maybe there's a, uh, you know, there's a genre that like we've never tried before that, hey, let's try it. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but it's actually a really cool, I, 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 and I say this to, to musicians a lot too, that we meet like, you know, that are getting ready to kind of gear down on their record cycle, ready to make another record you know, do a cover EP and try some stuff out that maybe you wouldn't normally try. Because if it wasn't for us, um, really, I mean, if it wasn't for us doing a Fleetwood Mac song, uh, there would be no, like, new modern love and a lot of, like, what ended up being this record. Whereas last mm. record, if there wasn't, if we didn't do Slave to the Grind and, we, and, and Out to Get Me with that kind of punky tempo, we wouldn't have been inspired to write love bites so it's yeah. so to me it's almost like a tool as well as like just something fun and and, and it's also kind of easy because all the songs are proven so you're not like is this going to be a hit or whatever yeah. it's like <laughs> let's just put it out there for the fans nobody cares let's just do it well you know as a, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a musician at all but i go to so many rock shows you know of course uh working in radio here there's nothing i love seeing more than a band that i love and and hearing all their songs that we play on the radio but then hearing them do a cover song for me it's so cool just to hear that song and just a different take with your own perspective on it right Oh, me too. One of my favorite bands that does covers because they have such a unique sound, uh, all their own, is, is Disturbed. Mm-hmm. I've always loved how they do that. In fact, when I was a this is going to date me a little bit, but when I was a kid, I've already done that. We've already talked about <laughs> the talent shows. Yeah. Much. Um, but when I was a kid, my brother and I uh, were huge fans of Disturbed. Actually, it was Disturbed and Seven Dust that kind of kicked us out of... Uh, um, we were, we've always been obsessed with classic rock and our parents' music growing up yeah. and it was disturbed and, and, um, and seven dust that kind of kicked us into the modern, you know, hard rock scene. And I remember listening to their, their version of Tears for Fears shout, you know, yeah. and, uh, and it was just, um, and we ended up covering that. So it was like a cover of a cover and, uh, you know, back in the day. And, um, and so it was just, it's really cool to see them kind of carry that on. Um, I know they have a new record coming out with another cover on it. I, you know, um, I think it's a Simon and Garfunkel one or something yeah. like that. And I'm like, that's that's going to be just awesome. I can't wait to hear that. But I, I agree with you. Um, just as a fan of music, you know, it's it's not it's not a bad thing to do covers. I know when I was coming up in the scene in in Pennsylvania, there were a lot of bands that were like, no, we're just all an original band. Like we got to get the music to the people. I'm like, yeah, but it's fun to play other people's music. You can use it as a tool to bring them in. So it's it's great. Awesome, Lizzie. So you guys are coming here Friday, uh, TD Echo Beach in Toronto with Big Rack and Three Days Grace. Anything you want to let us know about the show? Oh man, well, I mean, we're kind of we're kind of straightforward. You know, we we plug in, we play. Um, and there's no tracks or trickery. So really, I mean, every night is different. And uh, if you have not seen my little brother on the drums, um, he's legendary and a crazy nut job. So. Um, and this is not just big sister talking. This is just a fact. And, uh, and so uh, there will be six flying. And, and uh, to be honest, we're actually super excited and probably going to be a little like um, just probably on 11, you know, awesome. on stage because my, my, my guitar player is a huge fan of Big Wreck. So like it's just like going to be one of those shows where we're just going to kind of be fanboying out and <laughs> you know yeah. and just uh, having a great time and, and we actually I haven't seen Three Days Grace live since we opened up for them 12 years ago so in uh, in Maryland but uh, but yeah no I, I'm just I'm excited about it and I'm excited to see a rock show with bands that I really love and 
And, um, and yeah, I don't know. There's something about um, every time that we kind of cross the border there that, you know, you guys just keep getting nuttier and nuttier. And there's nothing like, you know, Canadian rock fans. That's what I think. So it's, um, it's just going to be great. I appreciate that, though. Uh, so, yeah, have fun in Canada, and we'll see you on Friday. All right. We'll see you then. Okay, take care. Let's see. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, babe.